Welcome back to What Have You, Becca. Oh, me. I'm welcome. <laughs> well, I thought both of us, we should welcome ourselves back. Welcome, after, Rachel. After our accidental week off. We took a week of, well, it was we kind missed of the train of that week. Of yeah. doom last week. Last yeah. week was a week where things just, it was the first week of school. Yeah. And the first of all the things that are happening. It was well, a lot of everything. You probably don't remember, but a few weeks ago I said... And then I have the all-school picnic coming up this Friday that I have to do. Well, then that got postponed for various and sundry reasons. So it was just yesterday? What's today? I think you Sunday. should take that back. Various and thundery reasons. <laughs> yeah, the, the cherry on top was the thunder in the forecast. Yeah. And But all these other logistical things had gone wrong. So it was kind of like that was the final blow. We are like, that's it. We're postponing it for couple weeks so the big like all procrastinating it came back to you it came back to (laughs) haunt me yeah it happened on friday and um it happened we got through it but it was the friday that was the last day of the first week of school so there had been a whole heap of other things that i had to take care of first before i could think about it have to get ready for my classes, have to get my kids ready for school, have to get my classroom ready, have to do teacher orientation, etc. I'd et like you to know that I <sighs> was super on top of, like, bought school clothes early and stuff. Like, well, I not early. Not. Just, it's just that I wasn't really far behind. Yeah. You Like, and I thought I had covered all the bases. For the first matter. week, for the first week of school, Shadrach had one polo. I only had bought one polo, and apparently <laughs> he outgrew all the other ones. So we were yeah. washing his polo every night. Luckily, yeah. there was, you know, one tie day and one fight night day. So really, he so just had right. to wear it three times. But we're gonna need more before yeah. next week. That's I, too high pressure on yeah, one I white had polo. I put off the buying of polos also until too late and then it turned out there weren't any in town. I don't tell you there's a thing my kids are younger than Becca so she may not even remember this this phase but I'll tell you there is I'm such an old every time your kids yeah but I mean you're not in the middle of this every time your kids go through a little growth period Mm -hmm. you have to go through one too Mm -hmm. like every time like I think often kids giving up naps is more about moms giving up kids having naps than it is about the kid like the kid has a little bit of an adjustment period maybe but the mom can have a much worse one Mm -hmm. much harder times or potter training potter potter training (laughs) Rachel has a lot of that it got really serious with the pottery training (laughs) when the potty training happens it is also less the kid and more the mom it is a lot more of like you're having to be on hand all the time to think about it and do that. And and it is the same like in every little growth period like this. So now we have Shad full day at school and we have all this stuff. And I remember years ago the twins when they started when they started um, no wrong not the twins. The twins were still at home. They were close to dropping their nap though. And okay. the big girls were both coming home after school and I was feeling like what sounds really good because Daphne, I think, was in preschool, afternoon preschool, mm-hmm. and Lena was in first grade. And I would be like, they could come home and have like a reading time. Everyone could and nap. the twins could be having a quiet Calm. time. The twins will be, be back amazing. there. The girls all be like, have a snack and just sit on the couch and yeah. while well, I click some and, photos for Pinterest. And I would. <laughs> And I was thinking, though, that that's how I would like to relax after a day. Mm-hmm. That is not how young children like to no. relax. No, Their no. idea of relaxing is not that. <laughs> so I remember it actually being something of a spiritual battle for me because I the problem was if the big girls came home and were hooting it up, that the twins, there was no way they would be asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was the question was, shall I have two children having a quiet time on the couch or shall I have four or it might have been Blair yet no I don't think so it was probably just four kids but it was like four kids running around the house whooping and hollering and having loud music on and playing crazy games and getting into everything (laughs) did not sound like 
what I wanted to do. As you kind of come in for a landing. I was thinking. With your day. I'm working real hard to like get the house ready and get things done. And when these girls come home in the afternoon, wouldn't that be great if we just chilled out until dinner time? Yeah. Like I'll start working on the dinner prep. Yeah. Things will be great. And this is just, it's just an example of like one of the things, and this is not, I guess what I'm trying to say is (laughs) I had to realize that my kids needed me to grow up. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that I needed them to stay on a schedule. They needed me to rise above the chaos home vibe and let them have a good time. Oh yeah. And I remember it being a little bit of a spiritual moment when I was like, welcome home from school. Let's turn on the loud music and see Uh how fast the twins come out. And they, boy, did they, (laughs) you know, they heard us discussing it and they were out. So it It was like, it was like, yeah, go ahead, play tag, you know, like do this. Let's get all the dress ups out too. And why not all the play food? Because now that we're at it, let's do it. You know? Yeah, let's do it all. Let's color. I'd like at least one of you on the coloring, one on the Duplos, several (laughs) on the dress ups. And then I'd like you to switch it up all the way until daddy comes home for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, this is the, that was a thing for me. And it was, I I just, and the reason I brought that up is it keeps happening because every time your schedule changes and your kids are growing up, it is different. But my kids have been doing more work and then they are more wired at home. But my oldest two are tired now. Like they're into the phase where they're like, could we all just stop talking so I could take a nap? (laughs) And everyone else is wired out of their brains after school. Ben said, and I thought very appropriately about our week. He's like, no, we started off strong. We did, we were on it with our schedule. You're trying to turn that down? I just read it. It's a little loud. A little loud. He's like, yeah, we were on it with our schedule beginning of the week. And he's like, and then we're kind of on it. And then the end of the week, we really flew off the merry merry go round and piled up in the bark chips under the swing set. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. And he's like, but the thing is, it doesn't matter as long as we hop up and get back on it again. It's, it's all you, part of doing the merry go round. If that you happens. decide to stay in the bark chips under the swing set, that's when stuff turns into a problem. Right, totally. It's when you can just hop back I up. I don't know. Despite I, having been flung from the merry-go-round of life again. And I think that this is <laughs> this is a thing, is that when... I'm sure we've talked about this, but I just think it's such an important thing about raising kids, is that you're always wanting to look way past the current moment into what kind of a person, if you were meeting an adult who you really liked, and you liked their temperament and you liked the way that they worked and you liked the things mm-hmm. that they loved and you're talking about a full throttle person at this point if you said tell me about your childhood what kinds of things would you think would make that person do you know what I mean? like what kinds of things would you think would go into the creating of that person do you know what I mean? and I think well what we want our kids to be is people who do a lot and carry a lot of burdens and mm-hmm. anticipate needs and think of things to do yeah. and not my needs but the things that God has put on their heart for them to be doing. Yeah. And so when we are thinking that way there are things you need to endure as a parent yeah. for their sake because it's not your story it's their story. It's yeah. not this is not mm-hmm. about you. Although it is about refining you because God makes all of these things play together but (laughs) I just mean if you want your kids to be the kind of people who make things happen you're gonna let have to let them practice on the forts and stuff you know like to let them be the people who are crafting t-shirts for their entire team mm, that that happened happened to you I was trying to cook 300 brownies and they're like oh I committed there were a lot of t-shirts flying around getting made oh my word yes amongst the brownie situation it was great it was the end of the week was great but it was like it very much was I have my big thing that's happening, but you have your big thing that's happening. But you're actually doing other things. So yeah. Good job, you. Exactly. Like, wow. Yeah, that was me and the secret sisters of the volleyball oh. team. Because you're like, all of a sudden... I'm never on top of that. Well, but it's just... Hero's comment is that it's the, it's the she, secret friend's she mom. She's like, it's not <laughs> secret sister, it's your secret friend's mom. 
when when they're when they're old enough to drive themselves, it may really be a secret sister. But before that time, it's a secret mom. It's ten thirty at night, and I forgot I needed a gift for my secret sister on the volleyball team in the morning to surprise her. And her the the thing that was killing me is that when we went out to give this stuff, that it was like, well, this is the kind of candy that. I think she likes whatever it was yeah. like a survey of candy or things you could get them and but we didn't have the list and I was like she'll be happy with this I don't care like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you how little I care what candy she prefers <laughs> <laughs> that's because why your secret friends mom is not the best mom, secret friends mom no, her secret friends mom is not the thoughtful <laughs> friends mom she's the get her done friends mom <laughs> Oh, but a word. theme in my life right now that I have been that I have been working on is to uh, trying to make all of my work count twice as much as my work can count twice. Trying to make it do okay, so. Okay, flesh that out. Like, like I said that before, making frozen of an omelet or whatever. But like, just trying oh, to just be like, more. if yeah. I'm doing this. How no, can I make this tell cover you more bases? Things. I said this. I was trying every every week. I'm trying to plan one of my meals that I can double and throw it in the freezer. So that, you know, when life is crazy as it frequently is. So I, I had done it a couple of weeks. And then this week, as we were in the middle of flying off the merry-go-round. Because of the big mm-hmm. picnic that was happening on Friday. I was like, oh my word. I had had to drive down to Lewiston. Which is where our Costco and restaurant supply store is. So it's 30 miles away. So I jumped in the car after class. I'd gone down. I had, in both stores, I had had the full, like, flatbed pallet thing and two carts. So I have, like, to pack my entire car. I wasn't even sure if I could get everything in my car to get it back up. No, at Costco, I only had one big cart. How many cart. people came to this picnic? Well, I was cooking for 300 because I just couldn't tell how many were okay. going to come. That turned out, like... Even if 300 people had come, I still cooked far too much pork. But it's okay. I would much rather have too much. And in the end, it was probably more like two. But, you know. Yeah. So, that's all right. It's not an RSVP event, so you don't know how many people will show. Anyway, all that to say, I thought, I'll finish teaching. I will run, do that. I will come back and get going on dinner. I roll back in the door at 7 o'clock because mm, it was just perfect. such an endless thing. And loading and unloading yeah. and loading and unloading. And at this point, it was like, oh, and my champion husband was like, it's fine. I'll just pick up, you know, food. It's great. Meanwhile, I had dinners in the freezer for this very exact event. Well, just think of the I next forgot. Time. I totally forgot that I Luke, could have pulled them Luke out. Luke left a, added a reminder on his phone that somehow our phones are tethered on the reminders. Okay, yeah. So he added a reminder on his phone. That keeps coming up on my phone, and it says, get the dog called. Get the dog called. It's a reminder that I would get a text about. And you're like, I what does it, it mean? Out. I figured it out. What is it? Dodgeball. It was for Uncle Ball at Sabbath. He must have voice dictated, get the dodgeball. But it, oh. but it <laughs> translated to get the dog called. Which, the reason I think of this is I think you should give yourself some reminders like this yeah. to just keep texting you. You have a freezer meal. It's like, hey, guess what? Becca, you have a freezer meal. There's a chicken lasagna in there. Becca! If you need it. Yeah, I have chicken lasagna in my freezer, too. I have a regular Don't lasagna Don't you feel empowered? I, well, I have I a regular would. lasagna also. We're Weird. matchy-matchy. Yeah, and I would feel empowered if I remembered it in moments of crisis, but I did not. And then we just had, we just well, bought food. Well, I'm working on it. I'm working on trying right. to be more, like, I think I'm buying for lunches in the future, not lunches this week. Makes me feel better. My, my approach to Everyone, life. Everyone, this is me staring at her blankly. Yeah, my approach to life is always when you feel too far behind, just get ahead on Christmas. Christmas is always coming. If you get ahead so, on it, you'll be proud of yourself. I just can't envision what lunches in the future are not lunches right now. Well, because I have my lunch system where I have a bin in the fridge, a bin in the freezer, and a bin in the cupboard. Yes. I also have a secret stash of lunch supplies. Yes. And I'm moving this into even the next possible level of bazaar. You might think that I'm more organized than I am from this, but, but it gives me joy 
to shop for lunches of the future. I don't know what you mean. Like, like these are next month's chips? Well, if they were chips. It what could are be they? Bad. I just don't put them in circulation. They're like emergency backup plans. Well, what are they that don't, like, they clearly have a long shelf life. Oh, yeah, but lots of lunch stuff does. Like, yeah, but I mean, like, so what? So the emergency, the, this is the stash for the shoot it Sunday night, and I really don't want to go to the grocery store, but the ultimate pressure on the grocery store is lunches in the morning, because you can probably get through breakfast, you know, like... This is your version of me buying tons of everything to go in my pantry, which I yeah, just did. Yeah, this is basically a pantry move, yeah, but it includes I just did that. cup noodles, like granola bar and applesauce squeeze things, so it's all things that will be not go bad. But yeah. that you could have emergency lunches, like, ready to go for if we were out of food. But why don't you just use them, then, for Because this? then I would not get the joy of shopping in advance. Uh, I would be stuck shopping. Well, So the cupboard like, stuff, I move things into the... What I'm saying is I, I'm i trying to plan in advance and then use... I think you're doing I'm the same thing I'm just trying to get ahead of it. I'm trying to make like, the lunches yeah. tube behind my boat of... of mm-hmm. That's the plan. It's not that the things are forbidden, but they are because only what I put in the cupboard bin is yeah. open to lunch. I just finished telling my kids this. I, I stock the pantry all up, and they're like, ooh, and I'm like, you may not eat it. Don't touch it. This food this, is for looking is at. Limits. And they all died laughing, like, oh, well, that's great. What's that about? <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thanks for thinking of us. So I think we're on the same wavelength, actually. It's it just, just makes me get... feel like I might have a toehold. In the yes, world. you get yeah. if you get out ahead of it and seize authority on something in advance, <laughs> then you go back and and get dominion over the current event. I'll tell you my big problem. Everyone, write in with solutions for me. I, this is my trouble. I was doing this big picnic and I used my giant pot, my pot that I really love dearly, and I use it every week for soup night because it's a really giant big pot. I used it to make barbecue sauce. And what I did wrong was I dumped all the pre-measured spices and sugar and garlic and everything into the bottom of the pan. Then I dumped in all the liquids, stirred it up and turned it on. But I clearly did not stir it well enough because I had a million things going on. Burned on the bottom? Burned. But see, then it was like, I mean, it burned just to the bottom of the pan. The whole sauce didn't taste burned. We put the sauce on the meat and I tasted it and it was like, (gasps) oh. That was the most, like, mustardy, vinegary sauce of all time. And I think it's because all the sugar, like, burned to the bottom of the pan. Mm. So then we had to do an emergency doctoring of it. And in the end, it was actually fine. It was really good. But the sauce itself was still too, too mustard vinegary. And then when I went to watch the pot out, it's, like, complete devastation down there. And I've tried boiling it with half vinegar, half water. I've tried chipping it out, but it's like, it's such a deep pan that you can't get a good angle on chipping. Yeah. And I don't know what to do, but I have soup night coming on Tuesday and I don't know what to do. I'll give you my evil counsel. What's, throw it away? Buy a new one? No. I've, I've been here, done this, and this is, if you are tender about... I'm tempted to get the sander out. No, yeah, everyone, if you're tender about chemicals, plug your ears. Well, I tell her, I get oven cleaner. Spray on heavy duty oven cleaner. Okay. And let it sit because that's exactly yeah. the materials that oven cleaner is meant to deal with. Huh. And then scrape it with like a little chisel y type yeah, thing. Okay. And right. then rinse it out and spray it again. Like, like just okay. dig through, see if that helps. Good tip. Hot tip. But, and you'll make sure that you wash it incredibly thoroughly yeah. after you do that. I, it's fine. I'll wash it. It's fine. But I've done steel wool. I've done... This steel wool wouldn't even begin to touch this. This is like a quarter inch deep. It's like, Ooh. it's real bad. Well, try the oven cleaner because okay. I don't think anything else is going to get you there. eighth of an inch deep. But it's like, it's actually a, a layer. layer. Yeah, it's a full layer. Hmm. And anyway, I need my pot for soup night. And it's coming soon and I, I don't yeah. know, I feel kind of stumped on malaise that. Um, yeah, did you know that they found the some word. kind of a like viking pot in the um garbage like a some kind of a viking garbage dump there was a viking pot that had burnt cheese on the bottom of it <laughs> <laughs> and they still they analyzed it and they knew that it was like a burnt cheese situation <laughs> i love that that 
the all the way back also. then, they too had to occasionally throw away perfectly <laughs> fine cookware that they burnt cheese in. <laughs> It's so funny because... It is amazing. It's so weird to find something that's like... So you human. know, Yes, yeah. and you know that it was like connected to someone's bad day. <laughs> like, so long ago, someone was like, oh, what well, have I done? Like in literature, when you find a line that really transcends time, like it's just as yeah. applicable now as it was in the Odyssey... I feel like it's that. Yeah, it is. This is a I'd, problem that transcends and time. There was something where they uncovered a fishing village by the Dead Sea somewhere. Have you heard this one? I don't know. It must have been covered up in some kind of a natural disaster because there was a lot of, like, um, preserved... Okay. You know, like, the whole thing. It was a little sure. fishing village. And there was a seagrass mat by the, fr- by the door. Okay. And a key under it. <laughs> 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 like, wow. what did God put that in the human DNA yeah. to put a key under the doormat? <laughs> like, so funny. That's or great. has it been handed down to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I remember getting good. a major kick out of that article. I like that. Yeah. It's good. The things that connect you with the people of times past. <laughs> like, huh. Well, okay, I was laughing about this with Ben the other night because we were watching some show. And I don't even remember what it... There was some scene that was like a really bureaucratic environment where it was like a really kind of a tedious waiting room with Mm -hmm. a kind of somebody sitting behind a desk and nothing is attractive and somebody's sitting over there in the Mm -hmm. corner kind of in the little chair waiting and there's a little phone ringing and kind of like just the sounds of a bureaucratic environment. I'm like, see, don't you ever wonder like... What was that in Nineveh? Yeah. Or in in mm-hmm. Rome or whatever. Cause Constantinople. Because like, that's a human thing. It's a human thing. Like there were tedious Milling people. Milling around waiting for your donkeys yeah, to be done with like, something. Yeah, people who were being all like sniffy and it's particular not, that's not about the protocol. like. You're the, doing it wrong. The clay tablets don't go there. Oh. Like I don't know. <laughs> the worst with the clay tablets. Yeah, but you're like, what was, what, like, for when the Roman centurions had to go do their tedious paperwork sort of style <laughs> activities, <laughs> where did they have to go? <laughs> I, I really, I find this interesting. No, because, oh, oh, because, like, the funny thing with, like, Ruth and Boaz, like, having to go somewhere to check a shoe over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go meet. I think a lot of that waiting around was done in the gates of the city, yeah, wasn't but it? See, yeah. It, so but we'd I go also, gather there for like business meetings. I think about this shoe throwing. <laughs> like on days when I am, oh, for instance, trying to rally up a picnic for 300 people that I'm cooking. Right. Don't you just kind of, you think about those passages in Esther when he's he's throwing endless feasts for how many days, for how many people? Yeah, you wonder who was working the kitchen. Oxen? Yeah, or like Solomon and like the amount Those, of oxen. Oh my word, the through. dedication of the temple yeah, when they're you're like, like you're like, like, who's the guy who behind the scenes has to sweat out the oxen? I know, like, like who is the supply chain? Yeah, but engineer the guy at this who's time. responsible yeah. to get those cooked oxen out there to the people. Like, who's where does the buck stop? The guy who's getting it done. Like, I somebody was really masterful in those because those ones. It's like, and now I decided, well, we'll sacrifice another seven hundred. <laughs> bowls right here. You're like, who has 700 bowls on hand? Yeah. For starters. And then feeds all the people that. Yeah. Because that's a no, whole... There's stuff happening there there's that we are like, not told about. There's infrastructure necessary <laughs> to get that out. <laughs> it's so true. I speak from We experience. should actually talk about... Weren't we supposed to talk about something? We're, we should talk about the... Um, about the Bible Reading Challenge, though, because it's about to start again. Okay. So if you're the people out there, we finished We finished the... Um, I was oh, re- wait. I have to say something. What? I promised I would. Your webinar. <laughs> I was asked... What are you going to say about it, Becca? <laughs> Tell me all about it. Tell me about my webinar. No, I was asked to say... All right, Jake wanted to say something. On the podcast... Everyone, Rachel is doing a webinar. He I talked, am doing a webinar. He talked to me about it because I think Fancy he thought, that. He thought you wouldn't it. bring it up. But I'm I am just doing one. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's in September. It's every Wednesday morning in September at 10. And you have to sign up at Canon. Pacific Canon, time. Yeah, Pacific time. It's 
it's a live webinar, and that means that the uh, that there's like question and answers at the end, so there's it's interactive in that way. But it records, and you can listen to it whenever because life is real and life is earnest. Yeah. Um, but it is anyway called. Called something, guys. It is. It's something uh, called identity. Arms. No, no, it's motherhood. <laughs> it's not about That's identity. That's your book. Motherhood and Call to Arms is what it is called, and the goal of it is really a, a buck you up about mothers who are always. You know, you're always. It's easy to get discouraged and not have a good idea of what the big picture goals are. And uh, just, it's about kind of. It's that kind of orientation. And let's go get them, yeah, get awesome. it done. So I would, I would be in a <coughs> webinar, except for that I'm not going to be because I am, I am teaching classes. Man, what time. a plug! What a plug from yeah. my very own sister. The goal of it is really, <laughs> it's the goal of it is there's a lot of women who are you make a principal decision to be like home with your kids. But then things get real and you, you have do. four you kids and you're blindsided and you're like, is it true that everything that matters in my life is cleaning up after lunch yeah. and <laughs> having goldfish in the right place at the right time? Um, this is supposed to be sort of a looking up to yeah. the broader vistas. Everyone, it'll be good. You should totally do it. So, but I was going to talk about the Bible reading challenge, which is starting September 11th, we're going to start back over with the whole Bible. So we start in Genesis and Matthew and, and, um, doing the whole Bible again. So if you were like holding off for some reason, now's the time. Join, join up, make it happen. It's been really fun to see all the unexpected ways God has used it. Like very different than what I was expecting. I think in some ways. Yeah. Just the things. One of the biggest things I think is that many, many, many Christians uh, love the Lord. They actually do care about their Bibles, and they are still not getting it done. And that that is just a really rich environment for guilt, or um, and then not just guilt, but weakness because you're not in the Word. You know, like and that those are the things that. what I think is so great about the Bible reading challenge has been the real practical help to Christians saying, this is how not, this is how you can become a person who loves the word and is reading yeah. the word all the time. Um, and is, and is hungry for it. You know, like it's kind of like getting through to restoring your natural thirst kind of when you've been forgetting to drink a lot and then you start yeah. drinking more Which and then you're I thirsty all the time. Can do. I, I do too. Yeah. But but people do that about their Bibles. They yeah. just kind of go without for so long that mm-hmm. they forget that they actually need it. Need it and that yeah. you actually should be hungry for it. Yeah. And if you're not, something is not right. Like if you've lost your appetite. Yeah. That's not a good sign. Yeah. You know. So anyways, join us. That's there's a Facebook group. That is all at um all the links will be up to the new plan, hopefully. Lord willing, Monday, the links will all be up. You can download it and get your app warmed up and get your paper plan done and get your yeah. talk all your friends into doing it with you. <laughs> you got some time till the 11th. Yeah. Um, and that'll all be at Christkirk.com slash Bible challenge is where you can find all that. Okay, so did you have something that you wanted to talk about? Was there another Whoa. deeper issue back? A deeper issue. Well, we've had a number of questions lately. I feel like we've gotten a lot of questions lately. and We have. Some of them are hard to answer without knowing a lot more about the... Yeah, it's like true. We feel cautious about it because when you don't know the people and you don't know the kid and you don't know the environment... It's not like we want to say what needs to be done in no, discipline. No, because it's... Think of how many proverbs, really, there are about waiting to hear both sides of the story or getting the full perspective or... Right. You know, not snap judgments. And so sometimes if you just get a question, there's your initial kind of impulse of what you think, but you're like, but who knows? Like, right. I'm getting this version of what your friend did... But yeah, but it's I like, don't I don't know what but her maybe side you, of the story maybe is. you left out that part where you stole all of her you know, clothes. Clothes, yeah, that Didn't part. Return them or that. Yeah, you know, maybe we don't have any idea. You don't want to like jump in and give people counsel. But we don't mind talking is, about principles. Yeah, 
Um, but so some of the time it's a little bit difficult to answer if it's a real specific kind of question, mm-hmm. but the general ones are easier of like, you know, what do you do to help your kids be cheerful or, you know, like that, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Um, those are easier to answer. So not everybody's, I feel like, can we give very helpful input on sometimes. Right. I think that the, like, was that a question about helping your kids be cheerful? Well, we've had those. There was one like that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say one of the big things with their kids, though, is the the matter of fact that you're going to get the victory on this. Like, Mm -hmm. there is actually not any options for you just living life as an angry child for the next four years or something you know like like there needs to be sort of an enduring and I commitment to helping your kids work through things but I always say consistency is really important that's like what we're talking about with potty training or whatever you know like it's important that you be consistent but most important is that you're consistently pointing them to Christ consistently working to be a faithful parent to them that's what is well, the most important and level the verse of- about he who loves his son is careful to discipline him um my kids were commenting the other day because they had they had been exposed to a child who was incredibly grumpy like really grumpy mm-hmm. and kind of too old at this point to easily deal with it. It's kind of like if you let a tree yeah. grow weird for a while. Yeah, there's nothing to do about it's it. It's real really. hard yeah. at that point to correct. And um <laughs> they were just like, "Wow. Like I have never seen a person so grumpy ever. Like <laughs> ever." And and they were just like that. I mean, that was not even funny. And so the thing you think about is if you love your child, you don't want them to grow up into the kind of person that when anyone meets them, Shocking they go, off. wow, yeah. because that's not, that's not what love looks I like. It's letting remember. your child become a really unlikable human. And actually, I think it's relatable to most parents. And I, if you have this moment, you need to notice that God is, God is catching your attention. But I think most parents have had this moment. I can remember having, like, a super jolly, super sweet child who's, like, a, I don't know, little toddler, you know, Mm -hmm. who's being super jolly, fun, hilarious, you know how they are, wonderful in all ways, and then up comes something that just, boy, is this not a seemly person to be around, like, where (laughs) you're just like, oh, you're driving me crazy, you know what I mean, like, where everything is wrong now. And you have to see that transition where you realize that this is like having a beautiful little flower in the garden and then having a way fast growing weed blocking the view entirely. Like Uh you are not seeing what is beautiful about this kid because this weed is overtaking the whole area. You know, (laughs) like, and sometimes it is, you don't ever want to confuse the weed with your child. Like you never want to be like, oh, I could never, like, I think parents often accept it. Like, she's just really dramatic, or she's just really touchy, or she's just really sensitive, and so she gets angry at us all about if we had the wrong pajamas available for her tonight, (laughs) or, you know, like, whatever. They're like, she's just a real delicate person like that. And you think, no, she could be a nice person, but you are, like, handcrafting (laughs) someone that no one will ever like to be around. Like, this is not fun. It's not fun for her. Sometimes, like, I remember when I was a kid there was a there was a girl around who was an amazingly picky eater who just real picky yeah but mm-hmm. there are ways of you know like we all have things we, we don't have love a preference to eat, don't you know we, we yeah. have tastes god give yeah. us taste there's no and there's no sin in having a preference no and there's no sin in maybe having a, a few things you don't like but there is a sin in being a selfish brat about it yeah. And that problem, being a selfish brat, that <laughs> is a sin that is not the sin of not liking the food. No, it's totally and, unrelated. Right. So it's like... It's just the platform you're springing off of. <laughs> <laughs> Your taste in food is only... It's only yeah. the beginning of the problem. And so it's like teaching your child to distinguish between 
Um, well, there are certain things that are sins and certain things that are not. But just because it's not a sin doesn't mean you can't spiral it into one real right. quick. Totally. And we had um, my one of my kids just was like, I don't like pizza. I don't care for it. This was yeah. a while, I mean, many years ago. It was like, I have an announcement. I don't like pizza. <laughs> and we were like, well, that's all right if it's not your favorite, but you're going to like pizza just fine. Like, you're going <laughs> to learn to get through pizza without comment. Yeah. And uh-huh. we're like, the reason is people provide pizza when there is no other ideas. <laughs> and so... If you are the person Uh who vetoes the last-ditch effort of others, when it's like, you know what, let's just order a pizza. Oh, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know what, I'm going to make you a frozen pizza. Oh, I don't care for that, thanks. You know what I mean? Like, if if you're you're not going to be that human Mm -hmm. in your life, and we're just going to deal with this. And then that child... Well, totally got over that, and they love pizza. <laughs> but it just—it just is a thing of like, there well, are those moments where you say, "Just public service announcement." That's not the, going to be your byline. There is You're not going to grow up into being Instagram so and so doesn't care for pizza. <laughs> it's going to not be you. <laughs> there's a wealth of opportunity though in in the whole arena of food. There's a wealth oh, yeah. of opportunity to give to others, and also. To be a real fiend of a person. <laughs> and there are all kinds of ways of doing it. Oh, yeah, because, because, I, and like, um, we, we all know that there are eating disorders, but there are also disordered eatings. <laughs> like, there, there are, all, there so are ways of not actually being afflicted with an eating disorder that is still fundamentally disordered. disordered yeah. Like, in, by disorder, I mean not creationally appropriate. Like, no. like, you have your creator, you have your fellow men, you have your food. <laughs> There's an appropriate order to this, and it is not being the bane of the church community. <laughs> Right? Like, that's not one of the no. things that is no. right for no. you. No. And and there are myriad ways that you can do that on every side of the ditch and oh, in the yeah. ditch and around no, the ditch. No, you could be a Twinkie stuffer that ought not to be doing that. <laughs> and, and you could be a health food only uh-huh. Nazi about everything to everyone. No, or, and you, you know. could be gluten free and chill and fabulous, or you can be gluten free to everyone's annoyance. Or better, you cannot. <laughs> you could be gluten free, not really gluten free. Just it's like the same thing that comes up in anorexia that it's all about a control issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eating disorders are very related to control issues uh-huh. and who wants to be in charge, which is why we have seen all of us. So much disordered eating around weird food aversions and yeah. things because it is a control issue. It's a like, yeah. I am my own God and you also will worship this. Like <laughs> the whole world must orient itself around yeah. my needs, my preferences, my desires. Yeah. Yeah, or exactly. even just what I think is tacky. I'm just going <laughs> to be yeah. here to pass judgment or, on it all. And it's nothing to do with whether or not you eat the gluten. It's no. everything to do with well, it's, how you approach it. Yeah, totally. And uh, but I think it's and even then it's not as much the food as it is the people involved with the food. If it's mm-hmm. you know if it's like eat whatever you want to on your own dime and in your own home and in your own <laughs> yeah, work, sure. you know whatever. But like, don't be the plague, <laughs> the plague of the potlucks. <laughs> And Our church are... doesn't even have potlucks. It would be it would be amazing to see what would happen. We haven't done that in a really long no, time. It's too big to potluck. It would come, it would be kind of we off do the smaller chain. like parish potlucks, but yeah. But it is very funny that that I think that the New Testament actually has quite a lot to say mm. on the subject of the foods. Have we talked? We've talked about this, haven't we? Before that, I think you know all that stuff about the meat sacrifice to different idols. That, yeah. that, that's the problem. Is when anyone thinks that meat that was sacrificed to a particular idol pleases God more. Like, mm-hmm. like, yes, there are people who there's there is food that is sacrificed to the idols of earth and 
you know, Mother Earth and Hippie Town mysteries that is completely (laughs) fine for Christians to partake of. But it is not more pleasing to God that it was sacrificed to Mother Earth than it is. As long as they're not worshiping at the altar. You're all right. Yes, as long as you're not worshiping the God, it's fine if you want to buy your fancy kombucha somewhere. But on the other hand, I the idea of meat sacrificed to the idols of convenience or productivity, commercial big yeah, like big big box things. You're free to also eat that, and but it also doesn't please God more than it was sacrifice to idols there. What pleases God is a rightly oriented worshiper of him enjoying the food that has been provided. So like where you're buying it doesn't matter. But if you're buying into everything at either place, it's not cool to buy into everything at the big box facilities these days. But no matter what, if you're buying, if you're all in like God is more satisfied with my performance if I bought half of a grass-fed beef. That's more righteous to have I think, this. I think what, what it comes down to is you can buy whatever you want. But the question is, but did you buy it because you believed the commercial? <laughs> and I think whatever the commercial is, if you believe the commercial, you're probably in trouble. Yeah, that, I would say that that's, that's exactly the same thing with natural medicine versus big pharma. Mm-hmm. Because if you totally are like, I am all about big pharma all the way. No matter what Tell do. me what to do and I'd love to get addicted no to narcotics. Say. <laughs> like, boy, <laughs> I don't care what they say, I'm behind it. You're like, yeah, yeah that's a big problem. But if you're the same way... The other way, like no matter what weird stuff this place dishes up about what they're providing for us, I'm in. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's what I mean it, about believing the commercial. Yeah, you're like I. It's it's, it's amazing. Like, it is all the way perfect in all the like ways. I am a solid believer in this product because it will change me. It because will change me perfect. into a different person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of the stuff is, is it's trying to reinvent ourselves by means of what we buy. By what we intake. Like, this is what how we buy and, and we then control what we our, We're like making us something that we there think is There is a kind good. of, there's a captain of my own destiny because I'm only eating these things now. Well, that's the control thing again. It's yeah. like controlling who you are yeah. by controlling who you're aligned with. Like, who, uh-huh. like where and do the, I... And the truth is, like, it's repeated through scripture that you can eat whatever. Like yeah, feel even, free. Even down to the right in the beginning, there was one thing off limits was the tree of knowledge and all the rest. But everything else is is given to you for food and then of course you have the clean unclean distinctions in the Old Testament, but then that is taken away after Christ and and it's very clear you get to eat whatever. You're not allowed <laughs> to go create little camps based around clean and unclean divisions anymore. You, right. You're welcome to not eat certain things, and you're welcome to eat other things, and you may prefer them. But you don't use it. And to you may be a prefer division. them because they make you feel better, or you can prefer them because you like them more, or you can prefer them for whatever reason. But you yeah. can't then buy into the whole hog, into the, whole the mythology thing. that surrounds it. Yeah, and that's the thing is that there is most of these things have a full belief system with them. Like but you don't commercial have to look hard to find. It's right on the label. Yeah. Well, some of them no, not so much with commercial bigger money no. box things, no. you know, whatever. They don't say that's probably more just it's the smaller rebel groups. It's that they're always like good earth happy people. <laughs> like like we feed our own chickens at this company. We don't, you know, they they're always bragging about stuff. The thing that I think is interesting is that when you go to a big box store, are you shaking the car? Oh, I might be. I'm shaking. I think my I'm foot. getting seasick because it just started. You can't have that making me that sick. Quick. Making me sick. No, um, <laughs> the thing that I think is 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 uh, funny is if you go to. A, oh, maybe if you went to like a Walmart or somewhere, there are a lot of signs about the prices being the lowest. Mm-hmm. You know, there is like a financial drive, yeah. which I don't mind because I like the lowest prices. <laughs> I'm fine with those. Sure. But when you go to like a health food store, all of the signage and the what they're saying is, we'll show you the real way to be a human. Mm-hmm. 
this is beautiful. This is good. This is right. Like, this is true. And that's, I think, why currently that is more of a temptation to people to fall whole hug into the vision because they're they're it's like yeah. well they're te- the vision is connected to every stinking granola bar but also right like you it's know, all the way i think we i've probably mentioned this before and i don't remember who said this it was probably somebody famous and i ought to have the right attribution but i don't know maybe it was just ben um he's famous he's yeah <laughs> anyway as my well-known husband might have put it or maybe he was quoting someone. Um, the real question in the sort of in the 60s and 70s, everybody was looking for truth. And they were looking for truth through drugs, through music, through Rebellion, whatever. But they yeah. were all in this quest for truth. Which is why, like, Francis Schaeffer, I think, had such a, a, man for a the major, time, right? you know, impact on these people. Because they were, they were all searching for the truth. We live in this weird generation that doesn't believe that there's really any such thing as truth. You can make your own truth. Truth is whatever I decide that it is. This can be true for you, not true for me. But the one thing everybody really wants, they want to find what's authentic. So I feel like people in the 60s and 70s were looking for what is true. I think our our generation is what is real, what is authentic. And I think hmm. that's the thing that people are selling oftentimes is this is the real food. This is a granola this beer. This is real. This is authentic. Beer. It could this be is, granola you know, beer, but I was talking about this is the granola <laughs> bar that is actually supporting poor women in Africa who are seeking independence. And, yeah, but, and it's but like a huge amount of... It's this need for authenticity, yeah. which I think drives a lot of kind of what is hip or what is cool. Uh-huh. Is it's the authentic, it's the original, it's the you know right. whatever. And it's it's like it's a different question right now. But if you start looking around at how much um, our culture is selling that, it's selling right. what is no, that's, truly authentic, prolific, isn't it? Yeah, and nobody cares about truth now because you can make up your own truth. Like that's neither here nor there. Like this is true for me. That can be true for you. Mm-hmm. We'll just all agree to disagree. But what we will fight over is what's authentic. And so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a, and I think it it is especially but I think that noticeable. That, but in food. The, that makes sense though with the truth thing because nobody thinks that they're they don't think there's ultimate truth. There's they're trying to find what's true to me, which is another way of saying authentic to me. Like being it's true authentic to, to myself. myself. Yeah, like I'm being true yeah. to myself. And that that's all that really matters is that right. I found my own right. guiding But there are star. certain things that our culture has decided are off the table for authenticity. Um, you know, and it tends to be, we think the authentic thing is the little indie band. We think the authentic music right. is the one that nobody's discovered yet. As soon as it's popular, then it's not authentic then anymore. It's, shoot, and we then can't it's, like it yeah. anymore. So it's like we have to like the little undiscovered whatever right. you know and of course that's only in a certain subset because there's plenty of people who Our don't mainstream. care about that at all they're just eating yeah. the Twinkies like crazy alright so do you have a tip for our listeners well I did what was it oh I have a tip this was given to me by I think it was maybe an angel in disguise Ooh. yeah I might have found an angel guys he was a he was somebody's embarrassing dad um, he was the overly friendly man in Costco who yeah just like who's too chatty that yeah. guy mm-hmm. the guy who cares too too much to tap into what's going on around him you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, the kind of person totally. that he was fine he was we funny. all know that character yeah he was that yeah. guy and he was commenting on my cart at Costco full of 120 pounds of potatoes and he was asking me what I was going to be doing with all those pork roasts and potatoes and stuff. And I was talking about potato salad, and then he was like, you know what you need is you need a french fry cutter. And he told me that he had just bought it at Kmart, and that I needed to go to Kmart and buy it for $19 because he had gotten it to make salsa. Anyway, I was standing there looking at this 120-pound mountain of potatoes for potato salad, and I thought, for $19, I'm going to give it a go. So I zoomed off to Kmart. And I purchased myself a French fry. It's pretty good. Did you it's cut them? Real, did you cut them raw? Real good. No, after they were cooked. Okay. If you were going to do French fries, you'd want to do them raw because yeah, this was we wanted it in small pieces anyway. So, and they kind of like fell apart as they came through. So it was really made life way faster. My mother-in-law uses a thing that looks like a, it's like a cheese grater with a wire grid on it. 
Okay. So instead of the whole, I mean, but the, it's like a handheld thing, like a cheese grater, but it has like just a wire grid that you push. She uses it to make her potato salad. She just pushes whole potatoes through it. After they're cooked? Yeah. Well, this is like that, except, except it has a, a lever action. It's a lever probably. action, which means you really, it's no effort at all. And you can clamp it to the counter and then you just chunk the little handle down and it fires those Man, things through. Man, we are through. set to jet on the yeah, potato salad. but it turned out to be such a win that I was like, that man, he might have been one of those angels unawares. He just came. He just came and he, he just told me. He came through and he told me to go to Kmart That's and buy good. it. That's but real it actually, good. it is a kind of a nifty little thing. It has like two little sizes of grids, so you can do smaller, larger. You nice. Know, I can't picture it working for salsa though because onions. Mm, too big for it. Well, it'd be chunky onions. I was. I, Tomatoes, it seems like it just kind of splat, but we can go there I don't with a know. Tomato. I do not know what he was using it for, but I can. Well, in I his can angelic testify. salsa situation, he might yeah, not have needed much help. Yeah, if you wanted to make sweet potato fries, there, I just feel like there's a lot of things you could do with this. That do people could be make really... sweet potato salad? Like sweet potato? Is there like a sweet potato potato salad? There must be. Is it good? Probably, but I've never tried it. Neither have I. I wonder if it's good. Also, I have to tell a couple people asked me for the recipe for the. Something I talked about a few weeks ago. The Thai rice and thing. I don't remember who it was, but you, guys... You put the link on it. But I didn't put it publicly. I think I just oh, messaged people. Message. Okay, we'll share that. And the that. problem is, I just need to tell whoever that was that I forgot I doubled the sauce. Because I wanted it to have Maybe a little more things. Yeah, anyway. Also, I got locked out of our Instagram account by getting a new mm. phone. Have you been keeping up with that? No. Okay. All right, listeners. <laughs> We're glad you're here, even if yeah. we don't ask, access you on Instagram right now. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good week. I'm a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. Three kids at Logos, one at home still, and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize, I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.